So, you are going into the, I think it's the ICF World Championships, is it, in Nottingham? Being cancelled this year. Oh, dearie me. Okay, right. So, next year then. Uh-huh. What does that, you know, what does that entail for you? What are you doing right now to prepare? So, at the moment, we're just ending what is a lockdown training stint, and then hopefully we'll be back on the white water mm -hmm. and training in Nottingham we've got an extra year in the world's feature um, it's the best place to train so yeah so what does when you're training what do you do do you just sort of take laps around the is it a course or how does it work no so freestyle kayaking is for competitions you get 45 seconds in a set feature where you have to do as many like tricks so flips and maneuvers um, that are on a score sheet and you have to execute them perfectly to score so what's your favorite trick Oh, a lunar loop. What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, it's a bit like a stern rotation where the nose goes down again and then you link it to a front flip. It's very cool. Right, okay. It sounds it. I don't really know what, what that means. but So does that score a lot of points? What scores a lot of points? Because I personally, I watched like, I went for a phase. So don't judge me. <laughs> I went through a phase of watching slope style mountain biking. Yeah. And then you sort of get more points or like more points for doing tricks that are like reversed or not your natural way of rotating. Is there something like that where you get more points for doing a certain style of trick or like sort of linking tricks in? Um, so there's a full like score sheet that has tricks from basic sh tricks that you stay upright to the more complicated one where you change direction multiple times mm -hmm. um, and obviously those tricks take a bit longer and riskier but you can do them either direction yeah so it's just sort of like do you get points for landing upright etc like so to score a trick you have to stay in the feature if you flush mm -hmm. you get zero points for that trick ah so what's flushing a flush is when you just get kicked back up, like, off the wave and you're no longer in the feature. Okay, so it's essentially like sort of just getting as much in as you can in the run. Yeah. So do you like, how do you plan your runs? Do you know, like, do you watch your competitors and then plan your run around what they're gonna do or do you just go with the flow? I think the best strategy is to understand yourself the best and know what tricks you can do, but you have to be aware of what your competitors do so that you can do what they do and make sure you stick something else at the end so that you beat them. Yeah. So what's uh, the best sort of trick to do that will get you the most points? Or what's what's the worst as well, actually? <laughs> um, so, like, the most basic trick is called a shove it, and it's basically half a spin. Um, ah. So that's uh, you stay upright and you only do half a spin, and it scores nothing, about five points. All right, okay. So what is... What's a good score sort of on the uh, on the scoreboard? What would you be looking to get? Um, so at the moment, it's all about women breaking the 1,000 point barrier. Mm -hmm. Men typically get scores within about 1,700. Mm -hmm. And until recently, women haven't been getting over that barrier. Yeah. Um, so over 1,000. Over 1,000, okay. So uh, that's quite high, actually. It's not ranked out of 100. No. or like or maybe 10 or something like that mm. so would you be looking to sort of 
say you're halfway through a run, do you know how many points you've got? Or I think the more you do it, you can understand what you've scored from feel, but you're not always accurate. Um, but you go in with a competition ride, so you know that my ride might score 1,400. I lost one move, so maybe I'm at 1,200. Ah, right, and then you've okay. got to wait for the judges to see if they get it. Ah, okay, so it's all revealed to you afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then they just sort of, do they hold up like a board or how does it work? Um, normally they have it on like a jumbotron. Um, at the last World Championships they had, I think it's called live scoring, where it as, as it all gets keyed in by the judges it goes up and down and it builds tension in the audience or something. Ah, right, that sounds really scary. I'm not it's a bit lie. stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. So do you have like a teammate or is it just you that goes into it representing GB? So we have a full uh, GB team, mm-hmm. which is the, one of the strongest freestyle kayaking teams in the world. Yeah. Um, and most of us are based around Nottingham and train together there. So do you go in, is it like a team championship there or a tournament for teams where the individual points get added up and then? Um, so every, at every world championships, there is a team trophy, which is done off medals. Yeah. So basically the team that, does the work like does the best with medals will take the win do they get like a big trophy then or that's like a big trophy ah, and a lot of pride a lot of pride yeah is it bragging right i think so <laughs> team gb won in 2017 oh, so. really mm. and then it's sort of been last year there was was there a winner or no so we were supposed to have Yes, we're supposed to have the World Championships this year, Mm -hmm. but that'll be moved to next year, 2022. So we haven't had a World Championship since 2019 now. Ah, right. So is sort of like going forward in freestyle kayaking, where do you look to be in like the future? Um, I think my personal, um, I think my personal mission is to one see how good I can get and two Mm -hmm. to really push the lady standard like I want to be the same standard as the men and I don't see any reason why I can't be so that's my mission I think how do you plan on doing that (laughs) lots of training making sure I paddle with the men and surround yourself with the right people I think Mm. is the training like how does the training work? How do you get into the sport? You know, how how did you get introduced to it? So I joined a local canoe club when I was about 11, mm-hmm. where, which had pool sessions and yeah. you go and you learn how to do kind of recreational kayaking. And then I joined another club and freestyle is quite niche within kayaking. So generally everyone starts in a swimming pool and then picks a discipline they like. Mm. But I'm super lucky that my dad actually used to be quite a good kayaker when he was younger. And then once I got back into it, well, once I started, he got back into it. And I had someone to paddle with when I was little. So did he train you all the way up until you had joined that club? or? Um, no, so that club was, I, I had used the coaches there. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't think my dad's ever really trained me. He's just driven me yeah. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Taxi. Yeah. So... When you started in the club, how did that, like, how did you go up from there? Were you scouted? How does the, the sort of the system work getting picked for Team GB? Um, so to actually get on the GB team, you have to compete at a selections event. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone could do that, but you obviously, you should try and be at a reasonable standard. Yeah. Um, 
but I spent years kind of progressing as a young junior Mm -hmm. and then when I was confident enough and I felt ready I went to a selections event and then you get to know the right people. Do you think you've gotten on a scale of sort of one to ten how much better do you think you've gotten since that that selection process? Well you have to get reselected every year Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I was on uh, team for the first time when I was 14 mm-hmm. so just from growing up I've, I've obviously got way yeah. better. How did you deal with the pressure at the age of 14 representing Great Britain? I think I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it, it's nice even when I put on my GB tracksuit today there's uh, I feel proud. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing it because it's fun. Do you think that the pressure drives you and that's sort of what gives you that force and that momentum to want to be the best? Maybe. I never really see it as pressure, more that I like pushing myself and I don't really care what other people think of me and my skills. Yeah. Um, if I'm happy, I'm happy. You just keep going and um, yeah. drive yourself. Do you think that it's good to compare yourself to sort of like the the best ever, you know, in, in freestyle kayaking generally? Do you look up to them and then study how they would have done it or...? I think, yeah, you've got to look at different competitors, pick what you like about them, understand what you do differently, and then how you plan to get even better. Yeah. Would you say you have your own style? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) How would you describe... Do you have, like, an idol or...? Um, So my biggest idol within freestyle is Claire O'Hara, who's the most successful female woman she also she's british but she's yeah. lovely and she coached me a lot when i was little ah right that's that's really good that she's your sort of like role model and you want to f- like follow in her footsteps mm-hmm. were you coached by her as a result of being in team gb or how did it how did you come to be connected with her um well luckily we share the same coach ah, right. um, who is a gb coach but also has his own team of athletes mm-hmm. so i got to know her well through our like mutual coach and therefore she gave me like a lot of time and was very giving to me yeah what do you think's the uh the most challenging event in freestyle kayaking like who what what event because it's not it's not sort of like it's the same you know sort of style of event each time Mm -hmm. but which one draws in the most competition for you it would definitely be the world championships mm. that's because it's not an olympic sport that is the top tier competition yeah um but also every competition we we do the feature that we compete in is completely different so you might be able to do a trick in one feature but not in the other so you need to make sure you're really adaptable and good at what you do so what's the difference between like the features and stuff it can be so to start with you have a hole and a wave so a hole is like recirculating and the wave can be big and green and you do big tricks like a surfer would um but they can also vary so much just size um maybe tricks go easier one way than the other depth there's mm. a lot of uh, contributing factors. is it held in nottingham each year or no so every year the world championships is somewhere different so it's quite special it's in nottingham oh right okay so, have you ever represented Team GB outside of uh, outside of the UK? Yeah, so um, I've been competing internationally since I was 14. 
Uh, so I've competed in like Germany, Slovakia, mm. Argentina, uh, Argentina, Argentina, um, Spain, like yeah. all over. So, what was your favorite place then to be? I think Argentina was the m- most special for me. It was a big trip, and I got the result I wanted. So, it was did you win? I won. Oh wow! What year was that? 2017. Ah, okay. So you contributed to that sort of that whole team GB. Yeah. Sort of. We did so well, like our senior and junior team were so strong. Yeah. Um, it was nice to be part of such a good team. Do you travel with family at all or does anyone come with you? Yeah, so I normally travel with my dad or one of my really close friends. Um, but I'm at that age where I'm starting to be a bit more independent. However, I've done everything with my dad since yeah. day one. And he sort of like motivated you? I guess so. He's put up with my drama before competition <laughs> and I've put up with him being annoying. But yeah. like we're very close and I think that bond is incredible really. That's I mean that's sort of the best way of doing it because a lot of people they sort of seem very flustered being away from home. Mm. Especially so far away in Argentina. There's not really much you can do there really. No. Um do you think that do you think that it would have happened any differently if you hadn't have had family with you or um I like the home comforts it's for me at competition it's important that I surround myself with people who motivate me but also people who understand just my little needs and things that make me feel relaxed Mm -hmm. um whether that's just eating the same food we normally eat or stuff like that yeah just sort of like creature comforts type thing yeah yeah I I understand what you mean do you ever sort of look at like a competition or like do you have do you get a roster do you know who's competing each each time or um well when you're training you you get an idea yeah but we sort of know it's quite a small community so mm, you're yeah. aware of who the top people are and mm. you kind of watch what they do who do you think is like the most formidable right now in women's and men's um formidable like are kind of at the top of their game or yeah sort of just you know at the top of their game or even at the top of the game you know mm. you are allowed to say yourself <laughs> <laughs> I, I i like coming across as humble but I, in the wow. in the women's game um i like to think that i'm starting to open the barriers a bit yeah. um i set the new women's record score in nottingham and I'm hoping that I can kind of make that tr- transition from junior to senior and really mm. help push the women's. But there are like there, there's a few other women with me who are also doing the same. Yeah. So how do you get to the to the top? You know, what does the training and the diet and all of the nutrition? What does it consist of? Um, a lot of time on the water, mm. a fair bit of time in the gym. Yeah. Um, but just really th- thinking about kayaking all the time so even if you're at school and you can't train I'm thinking about all tricks and just ways you can train and making yourself better it's it's a job that comes home with you yeah yeah do you ever sit like in bed and just think about tricks like as you're going to sleep yeah and just sometimes it's nice to picture those kind of gold medal moments or the um, big trips away with your friends and your and it motivates you to then go to sleep and get up in the morning mm. um, but yeah a lot of visualization yeah 
So what does the, the, the sort of diet of a freestyle kayaker look like? Um, I don't think you have to be too strict. You obviously want to be fairly light in your boat and not carrying around too much extra weight. However, mm. it's not one of those sports where you've got to meet a weight ca- um, category. So you can, as long as you're fueling yourself well, lots of vegetables, protein, just the normal, mm-hmm. avoid all the junk really, if yeah. possible. Do you treat yourself sometimes though? Oh, every day. <laughs> every day, wow. <laughs> like, you, you've got to find the balance. If you're working out and maybe you're doing two to three physical sessions, one biscuit is or a small treat isn't going to do you any harm. Yeah, yeah. Is that how you sort of keep the balance? Because no one likes to just have to eat boring vegetables all the time, do no. they? Yeah, I think... For me, I worked out that if I stop, if I take away the things I like mm-hmm. and I say I can't have them, that annoys me. But if I choose not to have them or I just choose to have less of something, yeah. then I'm making that decision to help my kayaking and therefore it's a bit easier. Yeah, definitely. That's a good way of rationalise it, rationalising it for yourself. Do you think that, this is a completely different tangent, I'm really sorry, but do you think that in the future, freestyle kayaking or other sports that are of the same sort of, like, sort of family of, uh, of, of sports, do you think that they will be included in the, in the Olympic Games? Or There's been a massive shift in um, the Olympic sports recently with the addition of skateboarding, surfing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's even been a kind of a freestyle dance category added. So I think yeah. maybe it's promising... Um, but I'm not sure we need to be in the Olympics. The yeah. Olympics sounds great and it would be an awesome opportunity. However, it does also heavily restrict a sport. And mm-hmm. I don't think you need your sport to be Olympics to really enjoy your sport and progress in it. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that do you think that there are limitations that are brought about by not being in the Olympics, such as like because a lot of sponsors maybe stray away from sports that are smaller? They don't have much of a, you know, much traction or people aren't sort of watching it as much. Do you think that that limits you, you know, yourself or? I I think massively in the fact that there's no financial support for freestyle kayakers. Mm -hmm. Um, All the lottery funding money gets ring fenced into Olympic disciplines. So personally, I don't get anything from my national uh, governing body. And that makes it a lot harder when you're still bringing the medals home, but you've got to find other ways to fund it is quite a challenge yeah and that's that's sort of why the the olympic disciplines are beneficial to a lot of sports i think do you think that being in the the olympics would ruin it do you think it'd have a bad effect on it or i think there's there's a mixture of feelings um selfishly i wish it was olympics now because if you're at the top then it'd be amazing to go to the olympics however actually competing at the olympics isn't a fair representation of like the quality of athletes because there's maybe one british athlete one french athlete whereas at the world championships there could be five and those five could all actually be this very similar standard yeah yeah so there's a lot of people that are cut out yeah essentially i agree which is a problem i mean because you don't want to you don't want to leave your teammates behind is it a big team? Is it a very sort of intimate, like, small group of people? Um, so the British team is actually probably one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. We fill every spot. We have, like, a good depth of paddlers. Um, so we are quite big. And then mostly 
based in Nottingham um, or maybe the Thames Valley. So you have a couple of little hubs within that. All right. Okay. Where do you sort of like, do you all train communally or is it in sort of dotted around Great Britain? Um, there's a mixture really. We are quite a few paddlers are based up in North Wales or Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us live nowhere near Whitewater and we have to train at the weekends. Um, Does that sort of limit you at all or? Um, I guess it I guess so. I spent a lot of my childhood in the car, um, mm. <laughs> driving across the country, which yeah. in hindsight, it'd be much easier if you lived a walking distance or a short car journey away from the place you were training. However, it was such an amazing treat every weekend to leave the homework behind and go and train that it yeah. meant I worked really hard at school during the week and then my weekend I l- loved it and I worked hard at kayaking. So that gave you a great work ethic then? Yeah definitely helps i mean <laughs> what is what's your favorite moment like looking back on it you said that you really enjoyed the the journeys in the car and training but what is the you know if you could pick one one moment that's that's quite hard um i'm not i don't know i've had some really good trips with a lot of friends and then i also love competing and i love the buzz and how it feels after you've done well and like the highs and lows is incredible but to pick one special moment I don't know if I can do that there's (laughs) too many (laughs) do you think that winning the world championships the first time was that was there a lot of pressure on you at that first world championships or was that your second like time visiting so the first world championships I was the underdog Mm -hmm. um and I had to in order to win I had to beat the reigning world champion who was the favorite and she was a bit older than me, a bit stronger, and I sort of lacked confidence a bit until the final day and things came together a bit more. And I think going from non-world champion to world champion is more special than continuing to become world champion. Yeah. So I think I'm like that's must be the a very special moment, I think. Yeah. Do you go on like a podium after you win? How's it? Yeah, so um normally you get changed after your final, out of your kit, and then into your team uniform, and then the whole medal parade. Oh, wow. Is that, like, is that very, you know, exciting to... Because to, you're, you're holding your medal. Is it sort of like a... Do you walk around? Do you get on top of, like, a bus or something? You know, how does it work? <laughs> um, so you get on top of the podium, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and that's just quite a magical moment where... I think where you're allowed to relax and let it all be about you for a moment. Yeah. And I think that's quite nice. And you can look at all the people that have supported you who are there watching and maybe crying. And it's, it's very special. And that's sort of, that's what you do it for though. Yeah. Realistically. I mean, how many medals do you have? I don't know. I I don't know. I have like, I don't know. <laughs> Quite a few. Quite a few. Yeah. A dozen? Oh more. So I'd say I probably have about ten highly ranked international ones. Yeah. And then lots from when I was younger and like the youth tour and things like that. Yeah. But they all they all sort of mean the same to me because it's all part of the journey. Yeah, definitely. That's a good way of looking at it. Do you like display them anymore or? Um, I do actually. I keep. I do have a shelf with my trophies and my medals, and it's just in the corner of my room, and it's just there when you need it. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the motivation you need, though, really, to mm. continue getting medals and continue breaking down the, the boundaries or, like, the barricades that are, you know, that have been put up mm-hmm. sort of through the years. Do you think that there's a lot of maybe mistreatment because you said that a lot of them a lot of the male athletes score a lot higher than the than the females mm-hmm. do you think that a lot of that is down to sort of how people are trained because i i think that a lot of female athletes can stand at the same level yeah as their male counterparts i agree yeah um do you think that this is just something that's happened because of a lack of training like earlier on sort of years and years ago or how do you think this has come about I think it's a couple of things. I'm not going to deny that I think there is a natural strength difference, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that aids the like the maybe the young teenage boys a bit more. Yeah. Um, just because they're able to force the tricks rather than having to really technically learn them. Yeah. But that's not always the case. I think the major thing, at least within freestyle, is the mentality towards it. Um, I spent a few years kind of being embarrassed to try the big tricks because. I, I'm, I can't even explain why it's stupid yeah. <laughs> but now I'm I, I see one of the best guys try really complicated combo and I just I'm I have the confidence to go in and I probably might not do it but mm-hmm. just to give it a go and I yeah. think you just gotta try yeah definitely how many runs do you get is it a sort of a one and done sort of thing or do you get three so each round like prelims quarterfinals semifinals is a bit different on how it's uh, how many runs you get and how the scores are calculated yeah but generally it's three rides and the best one counts um mostly yeah so do you sort of go into it maybe do the same tricks and then add another one just see how many you can bang out in that that little time slot that you've got or yeah. what's the mentality towards it so you normally have like a set kind of ride plan but Mm. that that can change sometimes you might land in a position which means you'll do a different trick yeah and you've got to just be adaptable with that and you might end up with a nightmare in one ride so you might be get down to two rides to win the world championships but that's the fun in it i think yeah what do you do like what goes through your head when you sort of land maybe a bit awkwardly um i think you just have to refocus and get on with it there's no like literally in 45 seconds you start dwelling that's 45 seconds up isn't it yeah definitely so do you sort of apply that mentality to everything um just to keep on going you know be adaptable i think so yeah it's quite a good life lesson that things aren't always going to go your way but you just kind of need to put on a straight face and get on with it sometimes yeah um and then reflect on it afterwards yeah what do you think is the most valuable thing that you've learned from the, the experience of competing so much, etc.? Mm, I think my most important message is you don't need to be the most talented at school in running or some other sport or eat, like any, any music or sports or arts. You don't need to be the top of your class or the best or naturally gifted to become the best you can start from the bottom and as long as you put the work in yeah you'll get to the top can you tell me an example where you've sort of been been given that motivation to put the work in and then done it afterwards and followed through and really felt that you know proud of yourself for properly putting the hours in and getting something great out of it um 
well there's a there's several tricks where I know that I've had to I've struggled with them and I've had to put a lot of hours into them and just going kayaking is really fun but sometimes picking a specific trick um is a bit hard sometimes and you've got to concentrate um but like non-related to kayaking I remember at school I was in the D team for rounders yeah and it was I was like this is terrible (laughs) so I bought myself a rounders bat yeah and I spent ages with the dog in the garden just hitting that bat really hard (laughs) and then I got like promoted to a team captain and I was like wow actually all you need to do is practice something we're only bad at stuff because we haven't done enough of it yeah um and then that sort of brings it full circle and yeah you know, you're captain of the A-team rounders. Mm. Was that, uh, you know, how long did it take you to get up to that point? What, in rounders? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, do, I still don't think I'm very good at rounders, but mm. it was just nice for me to actually... I've seen in quite a short time um, time span the that if you put the effort in, you progress. Yeah, yeah. How do you think that the progression in freestyle kayaking works? Because I've seen a few people sort of explain progressing in other sports as it's like a staircase yeah. where you experience a really hyper just sort of jump in, in, in your skills and mm. then you plateau a little bit yeah. and it sort of goes up like that and you continuously just go up and then just sort of stagnate and then mm. just keep getting better like that. Or is it just like a you know you get like the basics down and then it's like the doors are open you Mm. can just you're free to just do anything and you just it's just a constant um i think it very much depends on the athlete i -hmm. think if you want it to be a constant it definitely can be you just got to put the time in um more realistically you'll probably go up a bit and then maybe plateau slightly and then maybe go up and that might just be because of life choices you know during exams you probably aren't kayaking as much but if you kayaked every day for four years like include uh, making sure that you've got enough rest you're probably going to yeah progress quite quickly so is that the hardest time to like that you've experienced is during exams um i guess so yeah mm-hmm. so how, far how do you balance everything sort of like training social life school life homework exams revision just everything how do you get it you know down pat um I think during exams something's got to give normally like during a competition stint I probably thought about school less and then Mm -hmm. when I was at school make sure you think about school but it's a lot of it's about the quality at the weekend I get if I got two days to train make making sure I made the most of those two days and then my five days at school making sure I listen to the teachers I do my homework I go to bed early I don't mess around in the evening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then that was it (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so that's do you do you go to uni at all no um so i left school after my gcse's and i started a professional apprenticeship as a surveyor yeah. um so i did that for a couple of years got qualified and now i'm sort of doing a bit of surveying but mostly kind of thinking about kayaking yeah um and just seeing where I want my future to go, really. Just progressing in your own sport, sort of in that lane. Mm-hmm. So do you feel that that sort of the being, maybe being in the Olympics, could, could that, that's the next step? I, I guess so, but that's out of my control. Yeah. I think yeah. my goal is to grow my brand and maybe 
grow freestyle kayaking's brand if mm-hmm. we can get freestyle kayaking bigger there'll be more companies interested more money goes into the sport the better the sport can progress really yeah absolutely is that like the next step sort of just to get the name out there i think so yeah so how do you feel how do you think you're going to do that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um got to create content i think now it's all about social media really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you've got to create content that people enjoy watching um i have a lot of respect for niall wilson the gymnast because he made through youtube he made gymnastics really enjoyable to watch for everybody else yeah um and i think it's like doing that but you've got to pick a sport gotta pick a sport and then just sort of go with it mm. which is interesting i think it's a good way of going about it yeah how do you feel like if you were gonna sort of like get you know advertise the sport perhaps mm. to someone could how would you pitch it if you if you were gonna do an elevator pitch right now yeah <laughs> how would you pitch a sport in 60 seconds um gosh so it's a very dynamic high energy powerful sport mm. like how many people in this world can front flip and then how many people in this world can front flip in kayaks on quite dangerous white water it's it, you know fairly minimal yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's a very cool sport and i'm obviously biased but it's a lot more interesting than a lot yeah. other sports you just need to find the right audience yeah and so the the point now is just getting the word out and that's it really yeah. do you think it's an expensive sport to get into mm, I, i'm not sure i think to be honest as sports go it's it's quite cheap obviously equipment's expensive but you buy it you use it you sell it it's yeah. not like it's living or breathing and um i i don't think it's actually that expensive a sport most yeah. people in it are pretty normal there's no millionaires mm, that i'm aware yeah, of who yeah. are kayakers it's not like Formula One or like no, no. anything like that. Like you don't have your parents don't have to be in a certain tax bracket to become a freestyle kayaker. Like anyone could do it. Mm-hmm. It's just whether you enjoy it enough to push really hard for it. Yeah. Do you think that it is all about that passion or that that like you know that sort of like that fire that you've got to to just continue and keep going? And mm. do you think that beyond the world of freestyle kayaking, there's a lot that you could adapt the skills that you've that you've learned in freestyle kayaking to then go into other different you know sort of disciplines yeah i think so so i think it is the fire and the passion that drives me to push really hard but things i've learned a bit like how none of us are actually born talented at something and if you if you want to you put the work in like i can't sing but i know that if i want to be able to sing I could put the effort in (laughs) or like even I'm not very good at running but if I actually if my heart really wanted to run a 5k really really fast you could do it yeah because it's all about the training and then putting the time in Mm -hmm. and hitting balls of a rounders bat in your garden yeah exactly (laughs) that's the sort of analogy that we're going to go with (laughs) do you think that that it is under sort of under advertised or do you think that a lot of because I see a lot of white water kayaking just generally like mm. I would I am aware of it yeah like do you think that a lot of different sort of disciplines within that same family of sports are promoted a lot more um 
I guess so. So um, sprint and slalom are both Olympic sports. Mm. However, in the world of global sport, they're still relatively niche and quite small. And I guess they're also under advertised. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I guess it's a lot to do with the people who are advertising these sports. What do they find interesting? And if they don't know about these new sports or but or just these more exciting sports then they're not going to ever become advertised are they yeah and that's what you're striving towards really is to just get people into the the, into the world of it all so if i were to sort of come in i've got a kayak Mm -hmm. you know where would i start so if you're based in the uk i'd say unless you happen to know or live with a kayaking coach yeah get yourself into a kayaking club or a canoe and kayak club so in the uk though there's hundreds dotted around the country mm-hmm. mostly in the winter they'll have you in the swimming pool and teach you the basics and then get you out on the flat water in the winter um, sorry in the summer and from there you can try other disciplines maybe sprint slalom freestyle polo and find something that you actually quite like or do them all it's yeah up to you. do you think that do you think that you could sort of adapt your skills? I think so. I like to think that if I suddenly had a change of heart and I really wanted to progress at slalom, yeah. I like to think that I could do okay to it if I put the time in. Yeah. But for now, my heart just wants to kayak. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I will freestyle kayak specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, that's the way forward. Yeah. Really. Is there anything that you live by? Like sort of like a mantra or like a model, you know, like any motto i guess you know um motto i don't know really i i really love the fact that you don't need to be the best at something to become the best at it um i i I grew up thinking that i was not gifted at anything and therefore i couldn't be good at anything Mm -hmm. but i just hadn't found the right sport once you've you've whether it's music art sports or academic stuff if you enjoy it you're going to get good at it yeah so pick something you like (laughs) and then stick with it yeah i think so because it'll be hard it's not always easy and sometimes your hands are frozen cold and the river's really smelly but you just get on with it and yeah it makes the future a bit nicer (laughs) yeah that's definitely the way you're going about it i think Mm -hmm. well so thank you for coming in thank you (laughs) That was the most in-depth talk I've ever been into about freestyle kayaking, to be quite honest. Well, there you go. (laughs) It's actually, it sounds quite interesting. Mm. A lunar flip. I'll remember that for like (laughs) the next next few months. When are you next competing? It's a bit of an awkward one. Um, Mm. I'm really not sure. The World Championships got cancelled, so we're hoping for the European Championships in Paris at the end of the year. But again, I'm not sure. Ah, okay. We're just—it's a waiting game, really, to see what happens. Are there any smaller championships going on? A lot of the smaller ones have also been cancelled, just because it's tricky. People travelling over, and I think at the moment encouraging people to cross borders isn't that great an idea. So I think we should all be respectful and just wait it out, and then it'll be easier in the future. So if. I were going to watch some freestyle kayaking. Yeah. Where could I find it? So if you want to watch it on your phone, go to YouTube and type in freestyle kayaking. You could type in 
Um, some like top names would be Dane Jackson, Claire O'Hara, um, James Bebbington. You could even type me in if you want, but my <laughs> videos aren't quite at their level yet. Ah, right. But um, yeah, and if you want to actually come and watch freestyle kayaking live in the UK, come to the Nottingham 2022 World Championships. Ah, okay, right. Well, I'll I'll come and I'll watch that Luna flip. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I I will remember that. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for coming in and joining us on the Sports Champions podcast, and we will see everyone that's listening next time. Bye bye.